Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. Glad to have you guys in. We very much are. We're going to be covering some week five injuries, some waiver pickups, because there are some juicy names out there with some guys going down this week that obviously we hate to have happen, but it's inevitable in fantasy football and you got to adapt and survive. It was a big waiver week. Yeah. So we'll go over all that and much more on this episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gates deserves another chance. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round. Sup, boys? Welcome in. Excited to have everyone back. Um, finally getting into some waiver crunch time. Little nitty gritty action. Yeah, here. we're <clears throat> getting into the meat grinder now because uh, for weeks we've been saying this, nothing really major on the injury front, but we finally had one. Which is a bummer for a lot of people, but potential for some people to either turn their season around or get that missing piece that could yeah. get them ready to make a run at the ship this year. So Yeah, this is, uh, is going to be a big week for this waivers. This is where fantasy legends are made, man, and this is when it gets fun and shitty, depending on <laughs> yeah. what your team's looking like. But Correct. it's been five weeks, so now by this point, you kind of know what you have on your roster, how you think things are going to go. There might be a few exceptions to the rule, like guys who are waiting on DeAndre Hopkins and all that good stuff. But for the most part, you kind of have a feeling as to where your team's going to end up if you just leave it be as it is right now. So look for a lot of moves to be made this week. Yeah, it's going to be a, a flurry for a lot of leagues. Well, assuming that the big name is out there and mm-hmm. everybody knows it's Ken Walker. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that here in a short second. Um, like do you we- want to dive right into injuries? Yeah, I think we should. Let's do it. Um, so obviously the big one, Rashad Penny, is going to be out for the year. Um, his backup has actually been pretty serviceable outside of the fact, even when they were both healthy. So look for Kenneth Walker to take a huge role going forward. This guy, I think, immediately falls into running back two territory with the upside to be a fringe RB1 yeah, with how Seattle's scoring. I, I think with the, their offense playing the way it has, <clears throat> he's going to probably fall somewhere in like the 12 to 15 range. Um. If their offense takes a step back, I still think he's going to finish in the top 20-ish yes. most weeks. And that's the best you're ever going to get on at waivers? this point in the season. Yeah, you're, you can't expect to get anything better on waivers. You can even take a um, look here at the handcuffs for other big-name guys like Dontrell Hilliard for Derrick Henry or yeah. uh, Deonta Foreman for Christian McCaffrey. These guys don't pop off to the like the page to the point where you're going to be as excited to have them as you would with Ken Walker here. Yeah. Um, it's just nothing is as exciting. I think that if you have the fab money, spend it. If you have top waiver claim, you absolutely need to look if he's still there. You don't even have to like need this, a running back. Yeah, this but, could be the biggest play in the fantasy season. It probably will be as far as waivers go. This is going to be the biggest name. Truthfully, he shouldn't even be on waivers. No. Because of this exact situation and upside. We talk about it with guys like Madison, um, some of the other oh, – Jesus, I've drawn a blank on some of the other big name uh, – handcuffs even. yeah tony pollard but like tony pollard madison there's a few of them in the league every year aj dylan aj dylan's another great one kareem hunt there's a handful of them in the league every year that they present so much upside if they were to get the full-time starting job mm-hmm. they're just they're in a not, bad situation you have to stash them and ken walker should have been one of those guys so if if you're in a league where he happens to be there um Throw everything you have at it, and like I said, even if you don't need a running back, if you got top waiver claim for the week, grab him. I would go as far as to look at the list, and if you really do want him and you see the guy who has a top waiver claim and you are pretty certain that he's going to waste it on him, reach out to him now and ask him what he wants for his top waiver claim and yep. negotiate a trade so that when that guy picks it up, he sends him right over to you for whatever. Yep. I genuinely think that this is a move worth doing. Yeah, it's it's – like you said, very rare that you're going to find a running back that's probably going to finish in the top 20-ish most weeks going forward. The upside is just absolutely there. Yeah, and he's talented. They picked him in the second round for a reason. You know, they only signed Penny to a one-year extension before this year. Fuck, he had six touchdowns in a game last year like in they, college. Too. They weren't. Like he's no slouch. They weren't tied to Penny for the long haul. They picked him for a reason. 
Um, he's explosive. He can do work in the passing game. He's He was he's my going, favorite running back out of the class in this last draft. He was hands down he was in the top two for almost anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't even think that's up for debate. He was it was no. him or Brees Hall. Yeah. And it just was a matter of which one you like better. Sure. Um they picked him because they wanted to they want to feed him the ball which is shocking because typically they just draft bad running backs in the first round so yeah well maybe Pete Carroll learned something wait till the second (laughs) uh yeah I this this is going to be one of those deals where you know your season can completely turn around if you're Mm -hmm. able to grab him yeah you might be a two and three team right now who's just teetering on the brink of like you know it's going to give you a yeah. 500 for the season, but this could be a huge boost to a lineup. And it's going to give you a lot of flexibility with your options there because now you need to you can stop using whatever position you want at the flex and either use Kenneth Walker or move your running back two that you hate out of your lineup, move Ken Walker into the two, and then your flex of positions open based on situational matchup, and that's even huge going forward because that's a lot more freedom from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, like if you're, for example, like a Zeke owner that's sitting here like, Fuck. You, I hate you. You you drafted him as an RB probably, well, ideally three, but maybe even an RB two when you're sitting there stuck with him. Or even like a J.K. Dobbins, a guy that's got some upside, but it's also limited because of Lamar. You can plug in Ken Walker, and you know he's going to get 20 touches a game. Mm-hmm. You, you just know it. Um, It's, it's a, a huge, huge piece. And like I said, he's probably – I mean, he's not out there in every league – he really shouldn't be out there in every league, but there are plenty of them out there where he's going to be available, and it's going to be an absolute frenzy, especially if you're a fab uh, waiver system. Mm-hmm. It's going to be wild to and see the numbers. A, you have to be comfortable in the overspend, and by the overspend, yeah. you have to be willing to basically spend everything that you have. Yeah, it's, Because if someone has more than you and they're hurting on running back... Every big media outlet, every big fantasy football thing is hammering the same point that this is a guy you right. need to spend your money on. And because they're putting that idea in so many casual fantasy players' heads, that might be the only thing they've seen about Kenneth Walker all week. But if because that's what they saw and they don't follow fantasy that often, they might be willing to spend all of it because that's the only thing that they've heard. And yeah. if they don't follow fantasy football, they still might know because it's everywhere in the Twitter world, the fantasy football podcast, all of that. People are hammering the name Kenneth Walker. And all it takes is for one little media clip or audio segment for them to hear that and then just full send it on Kenneth Walker. So you need to be prepared to spend the extra. Yeah, it's you're going to see some sticker shock some eye-popping wave waiver bids uh, for Walker this week. I think it's, I mean, there, yeah, there's going to be I'm people. Say, yeah, I'm in the realm of upwards thing. of almost ninety dollars in a hundred dollar fab league. Yeah, people are probably spending that. People will be throwing the house at him a hundred percent, and it's like you said, everywhere you read, every any any clips you see, any updates, anything like that. I mean, they're all saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and. It's 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 gonna be fun to see the reaction to some of it, you know, in some leagues because half your league's gonna call you a dumbass and half your league's gonna be pissed and bid more. Right, that's right. just gonna be how it is. It's a very polarizing move. And then there's leagues out there too where you can actually, you know, where you can see what everyone else bid after the waivers have processed. It'll be, be interesting, intrigued, interesting to see. to see what some of the the waiver bids would be. Um, people thinking that they can just sneak by with forty bucks or something. I'll tell you right now, it's not gonna happen. No, <laughs> not in our fucking league. No. Definitely not, but he is the absolute uh, crown jewel of the waivers this yeah, week. Yeah, it's very, very reminiscent feelings of Devonta Freeman. Yeah, there's, there's uh, very few instances that I can think of in the past. Well, since I've been playing fantasy at all, where there's been a player like this available um, that has so much upside yeah, and a yeah. pretty high floor. Right. That's the biggest thing too. Is the upside is typically there in situations like this, just because they're going to get the workload. But he has proven that, one, he's a consistent player that's not just getting thrown in this role and saying, hey, I hope you succeed. He's played well enough to earn, like deserve this role, and he's just going to get an incredible uptick and workload. It's it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about the prospect of getting him on a roster if I have the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, there are a couple other running backs that got hurt. Damian Harris hurt his hamstring and did not return to the game it's Ramondre Steven season well I just had a tongue to it you know what I meant Ramondre, Ramondre Steven season season yeah Steven season 
It's even Steven season. <laughs> Say that five <laughs> times fast. Uh, he, actually, he had a huge week last week, yeah, too, he did. with uh, Harris out. Oh, yeah, baby. Yards after contact. That man's a monster. Chris yeah, Olave had a concussion. I would monitor that going forward, He'll especially because literally every single person in New Orleans is hurt. Uh, Saquon Barkley hurt his shoulder but did end up re-entering the game. That's something you should monitor. Guys like that typically are okay playing through injuries via Derrick Henry last year playing, I think, 24 snaps on a shattered left foot. Yeah, I don't think still finish the game out. So guys like that typically have the tendency to tough it out and go back in the game and then either cause worse injury or accept that it's already bad. And so I'm either going to be ruled out for the season after this game or a couple weeks after this game or I'd be ruled out the same on if I didn't play or if I did play kind of a situation. So they're just going to decide to play regardless. You see that a lot with these star players. So just monitor what Saquon is doing throughout the week in practice. My guess is they won't let him practice till at least Thursday. Yeah. As of right now, he doesn't have, have an injury designation, so it might not be like a short-term problem, mm. but it could be something that lingers yeah. possibly. So in the weeks going forward, that would be a situation where, yeah, you want to monitor it and see if it gets worse. Or we're, seems yeah, to be we're not worse. advising you to panic on him yet, <clears throat> no, not but if his numbers do drop a little bit, that's probably an indication of why. Yeah, I don't think it was like dislocated or anything crazy like that. He, he went out, he came back in, he scored a touchdown later, they kept using him, so... Mm. Um, as far as running backs go, I'm trying to take a look if there's anybody else of note that we really need to discuss. Uh, the Cardinals got yeah, beat J- the fuck yeah, up. James Conner, his ribs, yeah. he did not return. Daryl Williams hurt his knee and also did not return. Eno Benjamin would be a good little fit here. Yep, he's going to be picked up. If it's not Kenneth Walker, he's the next best yeah. backup plan because he'll probably start this week and get about as much work as he can handle. He's by no means a long-term solution for any of your fantasy needs, but if you need a streamer this week, this is the perfect target. Yep. And then you don't have to worry about dealing with Kenneth Walker, if that's not the situation that you want to go into, especially if you have the number two waiver pick, Kenneth Walker is probably going one. You're basically guaranteed, you know, here for cheap. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. He's, if, if you're not, if you know, you're not going to get Kenneth Walker, you know, if you, if you don't have a high waiver claim or you don't have a ton of fab dollars, cause you already spent a bunch, uh, you know, Benjamin's a really good backup option, at least for the short term. He's not going to give you the season long, you know, outlook, but he's a guy that you could also stash as a handcuff even after this week, because Connor has not exactly been a beacon of you know great health over his career, and it's a rib injury, so it can be a pain tolerance issue, and it can be easily aggravated as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but for running backs, that's mostly it on the injury department, I think. Um, Jonathan Taylor obviously sat out last week. Keep an eye on him. I'm sure they're going to be chomping at the bit to get him going because I'm sure the Colts think that they still have a chance at the division um, with their ugly fucking win last week. But I don't know how bad his injury was. It was an ankle, right? Was it an ankle sprain? Um, Yeah, I believe so. I think so. Um, I mean, maybe playing on Thursday was a good thing because they gave him some extra time to get ready for this week. I don't... I haven't looked at an update for him, but um, if I had to guess, they probably want him to get back on the field sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I'm trying to look it up quick and trying to grab an update. But he also does not have an injury designation at the moment, but we know he's hurt. Um, optimistic to return next week is what the report was as of last week. So that's the only news I've seen from Jonathan Taylor. Um, another guy, T. Higgins. Yeah, man, what a early exit Sunday night due to an ankle injury. It um, makes you wonder why they even played him, right? If it was that, he wasn't bad. right. Yeah, you know that. And the thing is, it's not like your other wide receivers are not serviceable. Correct, they should have been just fine. Yep. Since something's up in Cincy, though, they have some post Super Bowl blues. I guess is the best way to put it. They do not look. Like they look out of Cincinnati sync. Both Super Bowl teams look really out of sync. Yeah, I think a lot of people are realizing you can't leave Jamar Chase one-on-one, <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. probably the first and foremost the biggest issue a lot of people had last year was not respecting him as much as they should. So I think that's kind of hurting it a little bit, and I think Joe Burrow's still trying to hyper-target him. Going forward, I think since he's going to be fine, I do think they're going to figure it out. They have I too many so too. weapons not to, and that line should be decent at some point once – Hopefully they mesh more than they already have, but I mean, right get, now something's up in Cincy. Would they have three new starters? Mm-hmm. And and that's 
offensive line is all about continuity and just knowing where the other guys are and who's helping where. Um, now, it, do I it think they're going to yeah, do? I think they're going to be a top five line by any means anytime soon. No, but Definitely do I think not. there's going to be enough continuity going forward where they can make things work and be serviceable and not have Quentin Spain on the line? Yes. Yeah, I think they'll be able to figure it out, and you know. I think they're starting to figure out too that okay we can't just drop back and do like a five or seven step drop and hope that we can get it downfield because Joe Burrow's not getting the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So let's find some other ways to get these guys the ball. Their best playmakers, you know, have been largely underperforming this year, and you know I, I would think that Zach Taylor's smart enough to realize look we need to get these guys more involved if we want to win games, right? So look for that pendulum to swing back the other way. I don't think it's going to stay this way for the whole season. At least I hope not. Um, But keep an eye on T. Higgins because I don't know how bad it was coming into the game, but if it got tweaked enough to the point where they rule him out and didn't bring him back in, Mm -hmm. that's not good. That's not a good look. not going forward, Um, not with how their offense has already looked too. That's the scary part. Right. So it's I I wouldn't be shocked to see him miss a week or two. Sure. Yeah, I don't blame him. Baker Mayfield wearing a walking boot. Not that that matters, but holy shit. Did you see the stat today that his QBR through five weeks is the second lowest ever in a five-week span behind (laughs) 2008 Jamarcus Russell? That's the only person who started a season worse than Baker. He's in some rare company there. His QBR is 16.8. I think we need to get a Baker jersey to hang up on the wall. Jamarcus Russell's was 11.5. Wow. And Baker's is 16.8. That's incredible. Props to Baker. You almost have to try to be that bad. I honestly, I thought he was serviceable, but holy shit, is he exposing himself. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Um, Speaking of Cleveland has-beens, Denzel Ward, even though he's actually pretty good and still plays in (laughs) Cleveland, uh, he had a concussion and was ruled out. I would very much monitor this because who does Cleveland play this week? That's the big question. Oh, if whoever is not wide receiver one, very much monitor Denzel Ward's condition if you have that man because he is in for some decent coverage because I don't know that any cornerback outside of Denzel Ward can really match up 1v1. Uh, Cleveland plays the Patriots. Okay, Devontae Parker. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's a name that I'm going to mention for waivers that I think is a – Sneaky. Jacoby? Yes, sir. Jacoby Myers. Yeah, he missed uh, He missed two games because of injury, but the three games he's been healthy, and, he, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure in the number, but he's averaging he's averaging double-digit targets per game. Or I right, mean, he was supposed to be all that and more last year. And he so just, it doesn't he just surprise me that touchdowns. he's not getting a target share. His big problem in the, the past couple of years is that he was, he was getting 12 targets a game a lot of times, but he would get he didn't score a touchdown mm. for his first two seasons or something in the league. Now he's actually had a few touchdowns, so he's starting to pick things up in that Yeah, department. I actually really do like this uh, this thought process behind him. He's had a decent year. Okay, so I was maybe slightly off. He had six targets week one, 13 in week two, and eight last week when he came back. And he had seven, seven receptions for 111 yards and a score last week. Yeah, so, and the game when he got hurt, nine for 95. Right, and his long ball on each of the three games was twenty-four yard catch, twenty-four yard catch, and twenty-seven yard catch. So keep, he's got big playability too. And keep in mind, he went seven for one eleven in a score with Brian Hoyer as his quarterback. Yeah, that guy's the Texans legend. Or no, not Brian Hoyer. Um, excuse me, he's their third stringer. It's Bailey Zappi. Yeah, Bailey. He's, well, Bailey uh, Zapp has actually poor, been played pretty well. Poor man's Mac Jones, but which means he's a really, really poor quarterback. Yeah. Anyway, fuck, that's, uh, he's actually from. A game management perspective, he's perfect. Not bad. He's he is a Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick prototype. loves uh-huh. him. <laughs> he doesn't have a big arm, but he's accurate. That's the reason they took him in the fourth round, yeah, over some other quarterbacks, he is, that was kind of a little bit of a head scratch. He's exactly what I would think Bill Belichick wants in a quarterback. Yeah, I love it. Honestly, I, I root for guys like that to succeed in the yeah. league. But if he can, if if Jacoby Myers can get eight targets, you know, convert seven receptions for a hundred and a touchdown with Bailey Zappi, I. I'm totally, I'm totally okay with picking him up on waivers and using him as a flex play during the bye weeks. Yeah, if, and if Mac, that type of volume continues, Mac Jones has shown that he's not scared to throw at him either. So I think that this isn't really something you need to worry about, regardless of who's playing quarterback. I think that that's actually a pretty good waiver wire pickup. I, I love that. I think he is the number one in that offense. It might be kind of hard to tell at times because they're so run heavy a mm. lot of a lot of games, but 
when they do throw, he is typically the number one target. So he's an under-the-radar target for me right now. Yeah, no, I think that's – and I think that's a very viable option that not a lot of people are going to be looking at. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of value there. I like that a lot. The Patriots passing offense doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. No. Uh Uh-huh. Miami Dolphins quarterback Teddy Bridgewater died. Yeah. I knew damn well when he got hurt, too, that he could have passed that test with flying fucking colors and they weren't letting him back in the game. They are not taking flack from anyone ever again after the whole Tua debacle. And he actually did clear. Right. But apparently with the new protocols that they added after the whole Tua incident, that he didn't pass something in that. But initially, if the rules didn't change at all, if the Tua situation didn't happen, he cleared concussion protocol. Yeah. The rule, I I believe what I had seen was that... It's scary. The the new (laughs) rule or the amendment to the rules is if it is observed that you, quote unquote, stumble or display, you know, Mm -hmm. um, some level of... um, uneasiness or like uh, lack of like, balance lack of balance of exactly yep um you're automatically ruled out you can't come back in even if you pass a concussion test so the referee said that they saw him stumble when he got up he didn't if you watch the replay he didn't at all um he was definitely it definitely didn't feel good no. the, the shot that he took but he but was you also not have to take into consideration he hurt his shoulder as well like it wasn't yeah. just his head it was a multiple thing so yeah he's probably going to be kind of slow to get up when you're injured two different parts of your body correct it was definitely not a soft hit but he did not take a shot to the head it just was an unfortunate circumstance of but, the reaction to the Tua situation of course for the Miami medical staff it had to happen on the first correct. drive of first the game play of the, of the fucking game and they're probably just having an absolute heart attack on the sideline like dude we can't fuck this up yeah <laughs> everyone's scared for their job in Miami and with good reason in, so yeah no the uh, i think i would think teddy's going to be able to come back and well play i think game. one of them might be able to play right depending I, on how it goes i would just monitor that situation because from a fancy perspective if those two can't go i would bench both my wide receivers on that team yeah tyreek is already banged up too but i don't love waddle yeah it, um, it, there's just too much there's not enough confidence with thompson there to want not to at all. throw either of them out there the only only reason that I think even if Skylar Thompson starts, I don't think he will. I think Teddy will start, and I think two is like a 50-50 shot to be active. But if Skylar Thompson does play, Miami's strong suit is, you know, obviously their speed, and Minnesota plays such a soft coverage, yep. and they don't seem to want to make adjustments. They're leaving the middle of the field wide open for, like, short and, like, shallow crosses, slants. You know, God, if Teddy plays, that might be a recipe for disaster. For uh, they could eat us alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could eat us alive without Teddy just because of the separation that their wide receivers can get on their own, let alone when we give them eight fucking yards of, of a cushion. That team right now is very much the Lamborghini parked under the metal, sh- or the yeah. sheet metal fucking yeah. the roof fucking carport. and the trailer park yeah. right now without either quarterback playing. Yeah. That's just what it is. Yep. And <clears throat> as much as you love these guys and they can produce week in and week out and will with consistent quarterback play, that's just too much of a gamble. Regard, I just think there's better streaming options there, and you'll feel a lot better about it. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. As much as it hurts to sit those guys. Um, as well, far so like as waivers wide receivers. Ooh. I'm, just, I'm actually still looking over injuries to make sure that we didn't miss anything. Sure. There's probably something. Um, you can talk about your first waiver pickup outside of the guys we've already discussed. I've actually though. got a bunch of them um, that, I, that I like this week. And guys that not I aren't necessarily a one-week thing. Um, I think going off of that, my first first one that I'll mention is Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, well, the last two weeks, his targets have kind of taken a jump of three weeks, really, I guess. Um, but he had five targets in week three, six in week four, nine last week, and he's had over 60 receiving yards in all three games. Now, he hasn't scored a touchdown, and the offense has looked fairly dysfunctional at times. Um, but... You know, they need somebody opposite Michael Pittman, mm-hmm. and he is... Paris Campbell's him. not it. He's not it. He's taken the work from Paris Campbell, um, and they picked him, I believe, in the second round, which is fairly high draft capital. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they want him to slot in as a starter. Um, if he can start finding the end zone a little bit, he's going to end up he's gonna end up on a roster, and, and somebody's going to hold him because he's getting enough work to warrant it right now. And he's not scoring touchdowns. So there's upside there, and I think it's going to be season-long upside because I do think the offense eventually will take some steps forward, especially once Taylor gets back and they can get the running game going a little bit. 
So I really do like Pierce as a waiver pickup. It's just a merry-go-round in fucking Indy right now, and I hope it stays where it gets new quarterback. Fans think they're going to win the division, lose the division, arrow draws, lose the division, (laughs) goes back to gets new quarterback, and it just keeps going in a fucking circle. It's just a revolving door right now. Every year, this guy's going to save us. He's the answer. And every year, it gets worse and worse. So I'm all for it. Next year, it'll be Teddy. Shit, man. Maybe it's Tannehill. (laughs) Or Geno Smith. (laughs) <laughs> something it'll be something it's fucked just, up like it's that right the ever-changing fuck cooper rush <laughs> cooper rush signs a five-year deal there <laughs> that's best case scenario for tennessee jimmy g yeah someone along those lines yep cam newton yeah for there's, sure there's gonna be just some preposterous signing like they do every year yep but from that perspective i guess that's all i really need to talk about with the colts because i hate talking about them hmm. but Another guy on waivers that I'm intrigued in and I've been beating the drum on all year. He's rostered in 50% of leagues, so he might already be gone, but it's Raheem Mostert. He is the clear-cut number one in that offense he is. now. It's, yep. I, it was a matter of time. They're, just, they're built around speed. That's what they like. That's their identity this year, and Raheem Mostert just fits that mold. Chase Edmonds is fine. He scored several times this year, but he hasn't done anything crazy. Raheem Mostert has the big playability that can win you fantasy games. If I'm targeting any running back in that offense going forward, it's Raheem Mostert. And even if it's a trade piece where you have to send Mm -hmm. pennies on the dollar to get him, it's not going to cost you a shit ton to get a backup running back in a lot of people's eyes right now. I think it has a lot of upside going forward. Yeah, he's he's dominating the touches right now, and he's getting the majority of the handoffs. I mean, Chase Edmonds is still going to be sort of the pass-catching back. They did pay him money to, you know, a decent chunk of money to come there. Mm Mm-hmm. But like you said, Moster is dominating the touches. Um, I believe he, you know he's getting the goal line work, and as long as he stays healthy, he's probably the more talented back. You know, in my opinion, of, I think he's a better runner than yeah. It's Chase just is. it's just a matter of being a thirty year old running back with injury history. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's a little bit of a gamble. But as long as he stays healthy, that gamble should pay off. You should be able to get him a pretty low cost. Um, sticking to running backs, there's another one that I think outside of Eno Benjamin and the big one Ken Walker. One more running back that I think could have Kenneth Walker type hype if something were to happen to Leonard Fournette. And that's Rashad mm-hmm. White. Rashad White. He's already working his way into the rotation more and more. We talked about him last week. Yeah, and if he's still out there and you have a roster spot to stash him, do it before the injury happens. Um because, you know, you could be sitting there, you know, <laughs> you could be sitting with Ken Walker on your bench and Rashad White and in back-to-back weeks something goes fucking crazy and now you've got two surefire starters but that's the type of situation that you want to be monitoring every week going throughout the fantasy season because that can literally win you championships if you can grab the guy a week before the injury happens Mm -hmm. and just stash him if you can hang on to him if you can afford it and just you know make do with the rest of what you got on your roster this is where having good depth in your draft Comes pays off huge, huge because if you can afford to to free up a roster spot or two on your bench that you don't have to rely on a guy to play mm-hmm. and you can afford to have these guys you him, can sit on mm-hmm. then you can stash a guy like a rashad white or a ken walker um but if you are super top heavy in your draft and now all of a sudden an injury happens and you're relying on guys you know you got to pick someone up that can give you a one or two week start that's how guys like kenneth walker end up getting cut too early yep or Rashad White getting cut too early. So this is where depth comes in farther down the road. It's it's a domino. And your patience falls. for these first four weeks. Yeah, it's a domino that falls that you don't even really connect the dots on a lot of times. You don't think that far down the line. But nope. this is where depth comes in. So, you know, um, I, I do think that if something were to happen to Fournette, Rashad White would be probably very very near Kenneth the same Walker to me the yep. same type I'm of right there with you yep. frenzy on waivers I, I think the exact same thing would happen I fully agree and I, as I was doing research on Rashad White just kind of going through the motions looking at what there really was for waivers ESPN brought up a good point in their article where it appears that Rashad White's basically stepping into the role that James White played in New England for years when Tom yeah. Brady was there he's played 40 percent of the snaps in each of the last two games and told eight catches on nine targets for 78 yards in those games he's very much a pass catcher and mm-hmm. Tom looks to dump a lot when he's yeah. in trouble it's he's too old now to try and to make something happen when they <laughs> when they need to move the ball they he Tom Brady loves to backs. use his running backs mm-hmm. because it's a quick, 
it's a half a second drop back, and he hits that guy out, out in the flat. Watch the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and they came back versus mm-hmm. Atlanta, and look at where he looked a lot of the time. That's that's his running game in the late game situations when they have to move the ball. And I think the smart play is because it'll still get you three or four yards, but it gets them close to the sideline where mm-hmm. you can run out and save time. Yes. And if they're in tight games, you can still get those short situations to get you into second, medium, or third short, but also stop the clock if they can get out of bounds. And or, that's where more big plays tend to happen are on those second and shorts. Yeah, that's that's where it opens things up in the playbook. So, you know, he's already, like we said, playing himself into a role. And Fournette is also getting his. I yeah, mean, he had like he nine targets yeah, last It's week. crazy that he's now a pass catcher instead of a pure runner. Yeah. When, when he got drafted, if you would have told me that, I would have told you to fuck yeah. off. There's no way that I would have ever believed that to be a thing. But he's really having a lot of success doing it. Yeah. So if uh, if something were to happen to Fournette, you're going to be really, really happy you picked up. Playoff Lenny McCaffrey 2.0. Well, let's seriously. Go. <laughs> Except with no running ability. <laughs> Um, let's well, you, see what I else think we got. the line's kind of to blame for that as well, though. Um, yeah. I want to say still look at Deion Jackson if he's out there because of the whole Jonathan Taylor situation, but you do need to monitor what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. Yeah, Hines Naeem, will be out. Name Hines did go out, yep, with a concussion, right? Yeah, so I would just monitor that because if you need a one week fix, that might be a good target area for yeah. you too. Because he ended up with a decent amount of touches and I think ran for 62 yards or something. So he didn't look horrible, especially behind that line being as inconsistent as it's been all year. Yeah. That's just another flyer option. I don't love it, but sometimes you got to make ends meet with what's going on, especially with a lot of these running backs on by the Damian Pierce's, the Josh Jacobs, the Derek Henry's of the world there. You might be scrambling for a running back this week. And if you just need a one week play, there's worse options for sure. How about wideouts? I have one more that I like for wideouts. Do that not I really, fucking really say like. George Pickens. Kenny Pickett is horrible. George Pickens should already be on a roster. He is the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. Wow, that's fucking a highly touted place to be. Uh, it will be when Kenny Pickett keeps throwing for 300-plus. And zero touchdowns. Um, For Pickens, I mean, if he's throwing for 300-plus and Pickens is getting 80 or 90 of those yards, I'll take it. I mean, he had 14 points this last week. It's not... Anything to say, wow, you had a horrible week, but it's not anything disgusting by any means. It's I'll just kind of frustrating of a, when you have Deontay Johnson there as well. I'll take that out of a flex every week if yeah, I can get that from him. That's fair. Um, no, the guy that I'm looking at is Rondell Moore. He's finally back in the lineup. and I like it. I think he has been sorely missed. Last week he had eight targets. He had seven, seven receptions for 68 yards. He didn't get into the end zone, but... Outside of Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz, this offense has had nothing to mm-hmm. go on. And with Connor being banged up now, the running game could struggle a little bit. Uh, they need Rondell Moore to take on a bigger role, especially until Hopkins comes back after, what, uh, next week? Six weeks, yeah. So I think a short-term option, he can be great. I think long-term, he can still be good because Hopkins isn't going to be a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Rondell Moore is still going to be a slot guy there. In an offense that has the potential to be high scoring. They haven't been great this year. They've struggled, but they could always turn that around because outside of Connor being hurt, they're mostly healthy everywhere else. And once Hopkins frees up a lot of coverage looks for everybody else because he's not a slouch by any means, I'm expecting him to come back and look a little bit quicker than years past because he's had these six weeks to make sure his body's good to go. I could see DeAndre Hopkins maybe getting a 1,000 yards still this year. It wouldn't surprise me, but I think there's so many mouths to feed that it's going to be it's going to be a little bit unpredictable week to week. That's on, just the problem right now is no mouths are getting fed. So, except for if uh, he comes back and gets hyper targeted and it works and they end up winning a game, I would look for that yeah, identity Mar- as an offense to kind of stay consistent going forward. Marquise Brown is really the only true yeah, wide receiver, and that I don't think that using honestly, I don't think that he's going to lose that much value once DeAndre Hopkins comes back. If anything, it'll help him. Because he won't get the volume, but I think you'll you'll be able to get him deep a and lot easier in much better matchups. Correct. Which Kingsbury's good at manipulating. Yeah, and they like to go for four wide receivers. You know, like they want to spread it out anyway. So Rondell Moore will still be on the field mm-hmm. um, with Hopkins and Brown on the outside and Moore in the slot. I think you could see him getting a lot of those underneath targets. He's not a big guy; he's only like five seven. Yeah, but he's got he's a burner. He's got speed, so he can break a big one at any given point. And in an offense, it's going to spread the defense out. It's going to create a lot of space, and that's he's he's tailor made for that. Yeah, essentially. I have one other 
wide receiver I want to discuss, and it's a guy I've brought up multiple times. He's in 39% of ESPN leagues right now, and it's Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. Dak's coming back. Uh, God knows when. It might be this week, maybe next week. It's kind of where I'm at. I think there's a 100% chance he's back by next week if he doesn't play this week. But when that happens, Michael Gallup's been a huge proprietor of Dak playing and is one of the only guys in that offense that he still trusts to throw the deep ball to um, or just a jump ball in general. The one catch that Michael Gallup had when he played in his week one or his first matchup back was a hell of a toe tap. I don't know if you watched it. But I didn't got, see it. He, yeah, he drug, he drug his feet. There was an 8.2% uh, next-gen stats catch rate on the ball. So he made a hell of a play. He looks good. I don't know that he's 100% yet, but it's only going to get better going on. Yeah. And then when you throw Dak into this offense, I think that Michael Gallup is a fine wide receiver two flex option consistently season long. I think so too. I think that was exactly where I expected him to kind of slot in pre-Dak injury. Um, that obviously slowed things down a little bit. But like you said, I don't think he's 100% back yet either, meaning Gallup. Mm-hmm. And he needs probably a few weeks to really get up to speed, which is perfect because right about the time he's going to be getting close to 100%. Dak should be coming in and you would you would hope that that would be just the perfect match and the and the big thing too is having Cooper Rush here they don't pass nearly as much when Dak played week one they passed 72 percent of offensive snaps yeah they they're gonna go back to I think a lot more of like the Dallas we saw the last couple years where they're which is gonna be great for Michael Gallup honestly it's good for everyone involved because Mm -hmm. I think you know Zeke is a volume-based player Fucking right now. Zeke, but giving him 25 touches at two and a half or three yards per carry isn't really going to do that much for you. But if you can, maybe instead of 25 carries, he gets 18, 18 but yeah. they get into the red zone two more times in a game, that's where it's going to pay off for him. And so I yeah, really Zeke may end up being a better running back than you think at that point. He just needs scoring opportunity. Right, and the opportunity right now is obviously limited. No, it's you know. when you're running three yards of fucking... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Pollard looks good. We'll put it that way. Pollard does. It sucks that he's got to split the touches. It's Zeke doesn't look horrible, but he doesn't look good. I think no. Pollard's definitely the more yeah. explosive back. Absolutely. And I think still should be the lead back. But Pollard's touchdown run that he had last week, Zeke would not have been able to score. They are trying to milk all the money out of that cash cow they paid. In well, they have to. Elliott. Yeah, they paid him all that money, and Jerry mm-hmm. Jones is too prideful to say, we made a mistake. They're going to just And he, he does him. love Zeke. He does. He does love Zeke. Yeah, they're going to keep feeding him because Jerry Jones is too fucking proud to cut bait. Of course, after a, another year or so, it'll probably be able to mm. because the dead cap will be a lot Mike more. Mike Boone better. might be one last guy I look at from the running back position just because Melvin Gordon is still struggling with the fumble issue. Yeah. that's. I don't think he's a better running back or that he'll get much of a workload, but if Melvin continues to put the ball on the ground, at some point they're going to have to go to Mike Boone just because they trust him not to turn the ball over, not yeah. based on skill. He had 10 touches last week, mm-hmm. and that was in a horrible, horrible game. Yeah, fuck, man. Um, you know, he had three targets. He had like 47 receiving yards, and he had like seven carries. I think that number can go up a little. You know, I think he'll. I, I think there's going to be games where he gets 15 touches, you know, and if the offense is struggling, maybe it's not high-value touches, but – in a waiver wire pickup, that's a kind of a bench stash flyer type of dude. You know, you can you can throw him in your lineup if you have to on a on a bye week if you're thin, um, or you know you just hang on to him and if Melvin Gordon keeps fumbling or maybe he goes down to injury, uh, well, you know now you might have a wide or a running back three, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a running back two. But yeah, I like it. Um, is there anybody else you want to cover? I have one tight end. Um, no, no, Geno Smith maybe, but he's he's a yeah. I can't get there on it. It's it's tough to trust. That's what I'll say. It's like where was this in the first you know eight years of his career? It, I just think it's a really hot stretch for a guy that's been very inconsistent throughout his career. Yeah, I I love Geno, but I just it's hard to get inspired by anything happening in Seattle right now. Yeah, uh, my last waiver wire ad is tight end Hayden Hurst. Yep. My man has been playing well for an offense that has not been playing well. And from a tight end perspective, I saw this tweet the other day, you either have Travis Kelsey or 10 points from your tight end is good. And I don't, I have never seen a truer tweet in my entire life. Hayden Hurst has been playing well. He's had seven plus fantasy points in three of his first four games. And I mean, from a tight end perspective, that is a compliment. That's better than most people can produce. He scored last week. Joe Burrow likes to look at him in the red zone, which is going to be huge going forward because that offense can move the ball. 
And this Sunday night, he had 17 and a half points, which is not bad. And if Higgins continues to stay out too, I don't mm-hmm. know what next week's going to look like for him. That's just another reason that Hayden Hurst is going to get a higher target share. Yeah. I'm, as long as Higgins is banged up, Hig, um, Hayden Hurst will continue to get looks in the yeah, zone. Hayden Hurst is what I thought Dawson Knox would be this year so far with yeah. a high-powered offense. And look, and you're just a benefit of the situation that you're in. But so far, he's played well. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a that's a good way to sum it up. I thought Dawson Knox would be exactly what you're getting from Hayden Hurst this mm-hmm. year. Um, same thing with like a Tyler Conklin, even yeah. though he laid a fucking and egg last week. Egg, but dude, that guy the weeks, is, and we still won. Let's go. Yeah, the weeks before that, though, he was doing the same type of thing where it's like just, you know, eight targets for four or five receptions and 40 to 50 yards and maybe he got into the end zone. And that's enough to put you in tight end one territory. If if you can average, literally average 10 points a week, you're tight end one, mm-hmm. which is scary More to think about. than you could ask for. <laughs> I mean, from a tight end perspective, though, like if you, you said, can there's... get that consistently, you'll win more games and you'll lose, and it oh, won't absolutely. ever be your tight end's fault, which that... is what you want, basically, is to not handcuff your team from your tight end. Yeah, there's it, it seems fairly negligible, but, I mean, if you get four points from your tight end versus 10 or 12, how many huge... games have you lost by less than five points? That's, the answer is a lot. That's just it. If mm-hmm. you can get it to that 10 points a game from your tight end, that's a big, big advantage. Even if you're playing Travis Kelsey on the other side, those six points can help marginalize how big of an effect he has on yeah. the outcome of that game that week. And six points is six points, man. That's a touchdown. There's, there's what, maybe f- five or six tight ends in the league right now that you can really bank on getting 10 a game from. And I don't even know that it's that high anymore. Yeah, it's almost gotten worse. Yeah, the Wallers know? and the Kittles of the world. They're yeah, exactly. So you know, yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think Hayden Hurst is a guy that I would probably keep on my roster all year and be comfortable starting. Oh, I think if I don't have Kelsey or Andrews, or if you're God forbid you're stuck in the Kyle Pitts oh, fuck me, dude. fucking realm, or or <laughs> you know like a Kittle or something, somebody that you feel like you have to start, I. I really like to have two tight ends and play the matchup. And I genuinely think from outside of that perspective, Hayden Hurst might be one of the best viable options there is on waivers or not. Yeah. So yeah, there's he's, he's easily in the top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. I think for tight ends like season long. Yeah. Um, any other waivers you want to talk about or should we just uh, cut right into our recap from our shitty shine? Pine we don't need week? to talk about that. Wink. <laughs> Yeah, we Josh get, uh, Jacobs can eat it. I'm pissed. Yeah, this man does nothing all year, and then runs into one of the best run defenses in the league and goes for 150 and a touchdown. Says what? Josh Jacobs killed me this week. I was dead wrong, and that that might be my worst beat on a Shine Pine or Borderline ever. Yeah, you got kind of rocked on that. Then again, I did too. I missed big on James Robinson. Mm-hmm. I called for 100 yards and a touchdown. I had. Travis Etienne played better. Yep, I got uh, 27 rushing yards and zero touchdowns. So I missed the mark uh, just a little bit on that one. Shocker. Trevor Lawrence continuing to fuck me outside of... Actually, I, he hasn't really fucked Tennessee. They, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has beat Tennessee. I think we're seeing... I don't know. I don't follow enough. Uh, he's trash. I think we're seeing a shift in the Jacksonville backfield. I think Etienne's going to continue to take You think work. so, huh? Yes, I do. He's more talented. And Robinson's been for the most part inefficient outside of maybe breaking one big run per game he's averaged like three yards a game. yeah i'm not giving up on him yet i'm not giving up on him but i wouldn't be shocked to see this end up a 50 50 split by the end of the year i wouldn't be shocked to see jacksonville end up three and 14 either so <laughs> yeah i wouldn't either i think they're more talented than i they've got gave some juicy matchups for. from a defensive side though going forward mm-hmm. they play the giants the colts the raiders and the, the Broncos over the next four weeks. That was disrespectful. <laughs> uh, so outside of that, I mean, from a streamable perspective, their defense might not be a bad waiver wire ad I, just based on those matchups in the next coming weeks. I streamed them last week. Now, I didn't pay off all that well for me, but I did stream them last week thinking that they had a good matchup. They have a Houston. couple good matchups going forward. So I would either look to hold on to them if you did the same thing Wink did this last week and streamed them for just one, thinking that you were going to drop them. They have some favorable matchups, and if you have a dicey defense or just a bad matchup, hold on to them. There's no re- there's no reason not to. Yeah, they've got Indy next week, then they got New York, and then Denver the, fir- the next three weeks. So those are three good ones. But then they have Vegas, Kansas City, Baltimore, Detroit. Yeah. So, so short-term answer, not a long-term solution by yep, any means. Yep, for sure. But they're going to be somebody that you can play in week uh, 
like in good matchups, like in a plus matchup for sure. Uh, my shine was Tom Brady and the boys. Tom only had one passing touchdown, but he did throw for 350 yards. Uh, Tampa looked good. The run game succeeded. Lenny went nuts. Lenny went nuts. Godwin only played 55% of the snaps, and for only playing that percentage of snaps, he had a decent stat line. He had like six receptions for mm-hmm. 50 or 60 and yards. And he caught, I think he caught all of his targets. I think he had six targets. Yeah. So. That's promising to see from a guy who you were waiting a couple weeks for to come back. Mike Evans is Mike Evans. He's going to play well regardless. He might be the most underrated Hall of Famer of all time. Seriously. He's going to probably be a Hall of Famer. And I mean, he's not. He's never not had 1,000 yards in a season, and if he does that two or three more times and has 10 1,000-yard seasons, I mean, there's very it's few pretty guys in hard the, to deny that that man deserves at least a look. Very few people in NFL history. He's that criminally <laughs> underrated. Yeah, he really is. He's going to get a thousand again this year because he's just consistent. It's just no, and he's not for how good he is. He doesn't talk. He's not in the media talking all this shit. This corner sucks. He's not Jalen Ramseying you. He just puts his head down and goes to work. And holy hell, the catch he made last week, nuts. He makes a play like that in almost every game. My man can. He's got a hell of a catch radius, mm-hmm. and he is not slow. No. I, Mike Evans is criminally underrated. He he really is. He's going to finish with a thousand and twelve touchdowns. It's just what he does, and. I think having Tom Brady there for the last couple of years has been, you know, huge for him because you get you take Jameis out of there and then without Brady being around, it's like, okay, what do you end up with now? But um, no, he's so consistent, but still consistently thought of as like a, yeah, but, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's, that, always he's just that asterisk. type of player. Yeah, but he's... You know, he doesn't put up 1,600 yards or he doesn't put up 15 touchdowns. This like, But he's always going to get you 1,010. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, my borderline of the week was Marquise Brown. He had a pretty good day. He did. Guess who caught a touchdown in the slot? Marquise when he had Brown. to get away. Yeah, Marquise yep. Brown. They lined up dual wide. He's on the inside and made a hell of a move to get – off of the corner i don't even remember what corner was covering him but then broke away speed and scored so just like what i thought would happen happen if he got into the slot he would have an opportunity to make a play and he did make the play and it was a hell of a play it was very much yards after catch made a couple guys miss like it was an individual effort score for Mm -hmm. sure but outside of that he didn't really do much when he was getting blanketed by slay so he did finish with a decent day but most of it did come from the slot and that was my biggest worry is would they be able to get him in the slot enough to get him to play well? And they did. So, I mean, I think he really was the definition of a borderline. Yeah, I pretty much whiffed on all of mine. And I had James Robinson was my shine, obviously missed on that one. I had Rashad Penny as my pine. And before the injury, the the only reason he didn't finish significantly higher is because he got hurt. Um, before the injury, he was trending towards having a pretty good game, actually. He had eight carries for 54 yards. So, I mean, you do the math, but he was averaging a pretty good clip. Six. And yeah. if that continues, you More know. More six, seven? Yeah, seven. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you get him 20 touches, and that's a really good game. Yeah, but scored. who knows if he sustains that or if the game script stays the same because it was like 53 to 46. Right, so that's just <laughs> it. So, like, the game was such a high-scoring game, you have to think he probably would have gotten into the end zone at least yeah. once. So. You know, I would say that was a miss as well because he was trending towards having a much bigger day. Yeah, but for that reason, that's another reason we are banging the drum on Kenneth Walker. Correct. This offense is moving for some reason. Nobody knows. Yeah. You just had to get rid of Mr. Unlimited. Russ's cooking just isn't that good anymore. Yeah, Russ is fucking... I'm starting to think Russ's cooking was never that good. You know, I think he was doing was picking up Boston Market on the way home. Yeah. He wasn't ever cooking no, shit. He, he was just tossing it in the microwave, letting everybody My else do it. is a DoorDash premium <laughs> or Dash Pass. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and my, my borderline was Drake London. He, I mean, he had seven targets, so there was volume enough there to have a good day. He only ended up with four receptions. He just sucks. And 35 yards, no touchdowns. So Marcus Mariota. He's got to give the GOAT something to work with. That's on That's on him, not on Marcus. I'm going to put this on the quarterback. No, nope. never. Uh, let's just agree to put it on Arthur Smith. I can't do that either. I love Arthur Smith. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. And they got criminally screwed on that roughing the passer. I don't know. That man. was 
horrible. I don't know, man. The flag comes out. It's a penalty. Yeah. Just, okay. They didn't make the decision to let Tom play until he's 45. <laughs> Tom made that decision. He's still playing football. The rules apply to him and everybody else the exact same. And Fucking star rule. They I don't know. called it because it was 12. If That's they the call it a penalty, reason. it's a penalty. You That's know? horrendous. That wasn't a horrendous call. We'll, we'll look at the, we're going to look at the numbers in 20 years and it's going to go down in the books as a penalty. It'll still be a penalty. That was on the level of the Saints pass interference call. <laughs> That was that bad. Um, all I'm saying is, Kenny Pickett if, for fucking MVP. Is if, that where we're going? If if the same thing had happened to Kenny Pickett and the flag uh, comes out, it's go. still a penalty. No, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback. Same thing happens to Mason Rudolph. He's getting a helmet to the head. So. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say. It's a bang bang play and. I mean, there's no way that you're sticking <laughs> up for this. There's literally no way. I, I didn't watch. I just heard about how bad it was, and then after the I finished the Titans game and was like halfway through the three o'clock <laughs> games, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna take a look, and it was bad. It was real bad. I don't know. I thought Grady Jarrett got way too aggressive on that play. <laughs> well, man, calm down. Like it's just football. <laughs> At the professional level, look, man, you don't have to try to hurt the players that yeah. you're playing against. Mm-hmm. So whipping, That's what it was whipping a quarterback to the ground he, is. No one wants to be known as the guy that sent Tom Brady to an early grave. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's Giselle's job. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we can put a bow on this <laughs> podcast and wrap her up. Uh, all right, guys, thanks for joining for another one. We appreciate you, and uh, yeah, we will get back to you in a few days with some uh, Week Five previews. Yeah actually week six but is it six yeah oh yeah yeah it is <laughs> yeah fuck me weeks are flying by i don't even know what day it is right yeah. now so uh there's one other thing that i will leave you with before we go you're pregnant no oh. wait maybe <laughs> I, don't know. I don't even remember what i was gonna say anymore god bless the titans i know they won't lose this week which is fucking awesome because they're on bye so uh, they'll find a way that is, that's the only reason i am can sleep well knowing that i don't have to watch another second half disaster god bless the titans god <laughs> bless marcus mariota and go dirty birds god bless tom brady stay healthy my <laughs> big man don't let those guys try to put you down brother stay strong keep paying those refs i mean someone's got to